Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Trying to just grab all, grab all the bags, as the kids say. Is that how they say it? I don't know. Whatever. You're taking shots at the unathletic, arthritic, <laughs> old alligator? I can't find anything now. I'm a feeble old buffoon. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Silver 7's tracking the game at the Bud Light Lounge. Come on down, 77 cent beers during all of March Madness when the games are on. Bud, Bud Light, McUltra for just 77 cents. Got room at the uh, Bud Light Lounge where we at, where we at, where we're at, and uh, also across the way in front of the William Hill Race and Sportsbook. That's the Silver and Gold Bar. Flamingo in Paradise, Silver 7's. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. Baseball, a lot of signings the last couple days, and you know I'm thrilled with that because teams are trying. That's all I ask for. And whether it's the Dodgers cementing a deal last night with Freddie Freeman, rich get richer, I don't care. I Dodgers can spend a billion dollars on payroll. <laughs> that just shows they want to win. Every owner should be trying to do that. And you know what? Pat on the back to... Owner Hawk, Dick Monfort, Rockies, got to start somewhere. And if you got to pay a Rocky tax and pay Chris Bryan more money, they did it. So at least they show they're going to try. Did, but did they? I mean, this it's just a weird deal when you come from a standpoint. I mean, I, I agree with you, the Dodgers. Like, they're going to do what, what they have to do. They don't care. They're going to spend a ton of money, and that's fine. And everybody else is trying to keep up with them, and maybe that means they spend more money and try harder. That's great. But the Bryant deal is a team that just got rid of everybody. It was like, we're not spending. We're getting rid of everybody. We're getting rid of all of our good players. No, we're going to sign this guy. So maybe they, ac- maybe they accomplished what they said they were trying to accomplish with the lockout, and that is make the teams at the bottom more competitive, and the guy is buying into it and going, you know what, let's try. And by, this- the, way, by the way, I will also say uh, from – a contract standpoint, you're replacing Arenado, who makes more money and is older, with a younger guy for less money. Sure, but it's it's what you do, and this, like to me, goes back to an argument we had I don't know, like seven years ago at this point about Robinson Cano. Yeah, Dolan Robinson Cano. And it's like, it's it seems to me like they're like, hey, we saw. What do you want? We signed somebody. Oh, they, oh they. What do you what do you want? They kept trying. Unfortunately, they put too much stock in guys like King Felix, and it just fell apart. I mean, I, I don't know that they saw that coming or, you know, I, I don't I don't know why he was so good, young, and petered out at 30. Who knows? Might have been something. Yeah. But hey, maybe they should know that. If it's the beginning of them trying, cool. Right. If the, Ro- no, if the Rockies get Chris Bryant and then they're conservative cost-wise from here, it's a, a stupid move. Yeah. They're like, oh, what do you want us to do? We signed, we signed a former MVP, give a lot of money. What do you want from us? Like, try, try, sign five of those guys. That's what people want. And so we'll see what they do to follow this up or how they try to take advantage of adding Chris Bryant. But for right now, I remain skeptical. Number four. Do we have any sort of breaking news? Are we getting any kind of whispers now on Deshaun Watson? Well, two reporters who I don't know, but both are verified in, uh, in Atlanta, have said that it's done uh, that Deshaun Watson is going to the Falcons. Now, I haven't seen it from anybody else. I haven't seen any 
confirm reports on this necessarily. Uh, but for right now, there is a couple of people uh, that are down in Atlanta making this uh, claim that the, that there is an agreement in place and that Deshaun Watts will be traded to the Falcons. I will tell you that when Kyle Pitts sent out his tweet earlier, I made the bet on the Falcons to win the Super Bowl. So I'm in. Um, I don't, obviously don't think that's going to happen, but hey, they could get to the playoffs and you start hedging against it. Um, we'll see how this plays out. And maybe Kyle Pitts knew something. Maybe he didn't, but he did tweet out earlier today. You know, a vague tweet suggesting maybe Deshaun Watson was going down to Atlanta. And now some more people backing up on that. That could be kind of reading the tea leaves and hoping that you get it right. Or it could be that there is actually firm sources confirming this. We will find out soon. But preliminary reports that Deshaun Watson could be traded to the Falcons. Falcons are 40-1 to 1 right now at William Hill. Ooh, got 80. You got 80? Yeah. Damn. Good for you for being on top of it. Kyle Pitts tweet. Just got to pay attention, folks. Easy money. Now they have to win the Super Bowl. but I mean, I don't look. think it's going to win. I just hope they get to the playoffs. They can bet against it. Number three. So someone may actually take Matt Ryan. How desperate is this league for quarterbacks and you've got a couple of teams that are looking around they're like oh my god we don't have anyone right now yeah we might have to take matt ryan have the raiders shopped Derek Carr at all to see what they can get how would you know we talked we just talked about that they are the patriots like they're gonna do their business in the shadow of of darkness you uh, love this don't you of course yes so do i yeah i i thought the I thought the leaks with the last group with Mayock and Gruden are were just counterproductive. You you don't need it. No, I I will say that no, it's not in my best interest. I want them to of course leak stuff to me, uh, but I, this is how you should do it. This is how you should run an organization, I believe. Um, and like it benefits you, like you can strategically do things here and there to try to you know up you know up increase value of certain guys or. You know, think make teams think that things are happening, and you can use the secrecy to to your advantage as a weapon uh, in certain scenarios. And let's also see, they're new, so maybe they start developing relationships with a couple of us, and maybe they start leaking things out. I doubt it, but for right now, there's not a whole lot of you know conversations going on. There's not a whole lot of things leaking out of that building, which I think is good for the team, bad for me, maybe not great for fans necessarily, but. Um, you know they're going to do their business the way that they're going to do it, and they learn from uh, the most secretive franchise in the organ in the entire NFL how to do things, and it looks like that's how they're going to do it for right now. Number two, defensive backfield for the Raiders is being built. Talk about what they added yesterday. Well. I mean, I think it starts obviously up front too, with with how they're you know trying to build the front of the of the line and and how they're trying to rebuild the pass rush uh, and things that they're doing there to help out the secondary. But in Rocky Yassin, he's a, he's a guy who's a very very good man corner, and you know there are two different styles of cornerbacks out there. Uh, there's guys that can do a little bit of everything, of course, but there's there's some really good man corners, some really good zone corners, and they're very, they're two very different skill sets for the most part. Um, Yassin is very good as a man corner and Patrick Graham has said in the past that he wants man corners he wants guys that can line up and play man because that helps 
you, that helps you get more exotic in your blitz schemes and your uh, your defensive packages up front. If you can just put a guy and say, "Hey, go cover somebody," and not have to fit into a zone scheme. Now, of course, you're going to play some zone too, uh, but that's what they seem to want, and that's what they went out and got in this trade. Uh, unique and Gakwe to the Colts for Yasin, and he's a guy that can come in and you know he you know talk today about stepping into that role and what they, what is going to be expected of him. But I think it does say. Along with the other moves that they made, I think the biggest things that you're learning is that, again, going back to being secretive, like they said, and when I say they, I mean Ziegler and McDaniels, and we talked to them in Indianapolis, and Patrick Graham, we talked to him the other day. Um, when you ask about, hey, what scheme do you run, and how do you, you know, how do you plan to incorporate that with the personnel here, and they say things like, well, it doesn't matter. Eh, it doesn't really matter. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna run, what we're gonna run, and we're gonna fit it to uh, the guys that are you know that are around there and who we have, and we're gonna you know build defenses to fit what they do. Well, it seems like that at this point, that's not really the case. They're going to do what they want to do, and they're going to find players that can fit it well. And that is certainly the case with going out and getting uh, Rock Asin, who can go play corner and play man and line up and just go cover somebody, and that's what they're going to need to play the defense that they want to play. Number one. Tonight, are you watching the bracket unfold? Or are you watching hockey at the Fortress? Most likely be watching games from the press box. I think that's the preliminary plan right now. Are you not interested in the Golden Knights for a reason? I'm, I'll be at the press box. If I wasn't interested, I, wouldn't, I would just stay and watch games. I'm interested. What has happened the last week? I mean... Well, first of all, it was a very, very tough road trip. And they, had, they had some tough teams on the road. Uh, there are some games that are winnable, and I think you want to, you know, you want to get, you want to split road trips no matter who you're playing and no matter how difficult they are. Uh, but injuries have clearly caught up with them. I think there's a little bit of you know deflation as guys look around and they, you know, they think they expect to just figure it out. I think a lot of of us have just said, hey, they'll figure it out at some point. Um, for and, just to be clear, because we said this earlier, uh, Benjamin Albright has said, hey, those reports, I just got a text, fake news, they're called, the Watson to Atlanta, uh, the, the Watson to Atlanta is trade. Your, so. The guy you just read a tweet from, is he to be trusted? Because he suggested two nights ago that Stephon Gilmore was just about done as a Raider. Who's that? Albright? Yes. Okay. Um, also said there was a surprise... I think it was Northeast team that was going to be getting involved on Deshaun Watson. Is that team coming Cleveland? in at the last minute? Cleveland? It was Cleveland was already out. Oh, okay. Interesting. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I just think tw Twitter's been crazy with the football rumors. Oh, yeah. Um, and speculation and, you know, sort of using creative language to throw stuff out there and then three days later go, oh, I had it. I had it. Uh, possibly. But I think, I think that's what's going on, too. Like, and now... So there were, I said there was two reports from Atlanta, right? Two verified accounts from Atlanta who are media personalities in Atlanta, who I don't know, as I said, but they're verified. Both reported that Deshaun Watson to Atlanta was done. Now, one of them has retweeted the other one and said, for the record, I'm writing with his report. It wasn't my knowledge. It was his. And to my, and to my knowledge, he's never been wrong, so I'm going with his. So it's not two different reports. It's one guy citing the other guy's report. So there's one report that he's gone to Atlanta, and then this Albright report that said not true yet as of this moment. So that's what we're dealing with 
right now. We were talking about VGK. Um, I, I do think that there's a lot of it that in Gonzaga now up 10, by the way. Um, I don't know. It's a lot of things happening <laughs> right like, now. No. A lot of things happening. It's going it all hit over me for a second. I'm like, we were talking about the Golden Knights. And I was yeah, like, I was getting back to Deshaun Watt. There's a lot of breaking news. All right, well, on the, Knights, on the Knights specifically, we've got uh, more verbiage out there talking about signs pointing to Robin Leonard's injury being a significant one. So I don't know what signs pointing to means, but is what Frank Saravelli sent out a couple of weeks ago about a torn labrum, is that a significant injury? Is that the injury? Is it a new one? Is it a lower? I mean, I just. Sounds this, new. This is. Okay. Sounds like a potential kneecap issue. So now it's a lower body injury. Sounds like it. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, the timing on this, I'm not going to say you want this to happen, but you'd rather have it happen now than March 24th? Sure. Come on. Where are we now? If we believe that Leonard's got a serious injury and other guys are coming back. Yeah. If they're not, then we're probably not going to see a trade. If they yeah. are then we're going to see a trade for someone to play goalie, right? You would think so. Uh, but, I, I mean, I'll, I'll say that it didn't sa- – the first part of that, I think, was was an issue today because it sounded like – and I wasn't out um, on the call. I wasn't uh, listening to uh, Pete DeBoer this morning. I was just reading the reports uh, that it was essentially like, hey, a, a lot of these guys are just done. Like, not not done for the season, but just it's not happening anytime soon. So I, don't, I, I think that first part of what you said is, hey, if you're going to get a bunch of guys back in the next couple of weeks, you've got to make a move so that you're not wasting this season. But if they're all out, like there's no reason to throw you know, more assets and more capital at a season that you're not going to have a bunch of these guys back. Like You'd only do that if you believe you're going to get the vast majority of the players that are out right now back on the roster. Coming up, let's talk about what happens uh, now at wide receiver. Uh, Raiders are... Well, they lined up at least one big acquisition. We'll say uh, Rakasin is another big acquisition, but Chandler Jones was one of the the big prizes. The wide receiver position really hasn't produced anything yet. I don't mean the current roster, but free agency. So let's uh, get to the latest update with Allen Robinson, who uh, was one of the big targets around the National Football League. He has landed with the Rams. What are the Raiders going to do? It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Cofield and Company is live at the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Rolling on Silver 7, 77 cent beers during all of March Madness games. Bud, Bud Light, McUltra, 77 cents. Also have the... Uh, Great uh, hot dog and bag of chips. A beer special for seven seventy-seven at Silver Sevens at Flamingo in Paradise. Adam Hill, Cofield. We're tracking uh, some of the afternoon games here of uh, the real day one of the tournament. The full brackets being played out. Gonzaga was in a tight one against Georgia State. If you laid the big number in the pregame, you're like, oh my god, there's no shot. It's eighty-two fifty-eight now. Gonzaga yeah. just exploded. I think they're going to the line too. <laughs> Nuts. Did you bet this game pregame? Uh, no. I thought I thought Georgia State would. Ha- I didn't think they'd hang as much as they did. I thought they'd hang, and I thought it'd kind of go right down to the wire. Are they going to cover twenty-seven and a half? Uh, I think Gonzaga will cover. Seriously, is Gonzaga going to cover the twenty-seven and a half? That would be crazy. Five twenty left. They're going to be up twenty-five. Twenty-five points. I think it was. Sixty-two fifty-eight. I assume by your mood that you didn't take Marquette plus two and a half against North Carolina. I picked them in a couple of brackets, and I actually 
there's a contest that I did and I really screwed up by on a on a on a pick there. Uh, so yeah, I want, but that was over early. There was no reason to yeah. 83, no reason to 83 55, North Carolina up with six minutes left. Woo. It's not close. No. Uh, and this North Carolina is a really up and down team. They're they're a strange team. Um, this is the one that went into Duke and just crushed them. And you haven't seen that team very often this year. That's why they're an eight seed. But when they play like this, they're really tough to beat. So we'll see if it continues, if they can keep it going for 48 hours. Or well, uh, By the way, 21, 21 nothing run is over for Gonzaga. Oh, boy. Georgia State finally hits a shot. This would be an unreal cover. 21 nothing run to get close to the cover. So it's a 22-point game right now. Five minutes left. So North Carolina going to advance. You were mad at Scott Drew earlier, and Baylor, you figured they would pull off the dogs with five minutes left. You had uh, bet the other side in that one. They wound up blowing them out. Do you think it cost them in this next game, having such a short rotation against North Carolina? I mean, i i wouldn't be I wouldn't be thrilled if I was a Baylor fan. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be confident about how it's going. Like to me, that game, yeah, Baylor's Baylor's really good. We know how they, how they can play. They're not their full strength team right now, obviously. Um, but to me, that game is like I just said about North Carolina. If this North Carolina team shows up, Baylor's in a lot of trouble. But if the North Carolina team that played much of the season shows up, Baylor should be able to handle them easily. Allen Robinson goes to the Rams today. What? They still have money? Um, reports out there. I think it was Rappaport. I'll have to look it up. It wasn't Rappaport. Another NFL insider. It was uh, Jeremy Fowler. Said the Raiders were involved. What do you know about this? How close were they? I mean, I think involved is, is right. I mean, I think okay. they reached out. They talked to him. They kind of got a feel for what it was going to take. Um, to me, it might have been length of contract. That could have potentially been an issue. It feels like they, they're they trying to do a lot of one-year deals. feels like they're trying to set up for next offseason and maybe even beyond that. Uh, so, you know, maybe they didn't want to commit too long-term. And, and Alan Robinson is still, in, I think he's 29. So, you know, he's getting up there. He should be good for another couple of years. But um, we also haven't seen – we don't know how good he can be with a real offense, a real quarterback. We've never really seen that from Allen Robinson. We know he's incredibly talented. Uh, we assume, projecting it over, you know, what it would look like with a real team, that he's going to put up massive numbers. But he's had like 3,000-yard seasons with basically nothing else on offense. He's been good. He's a really good player. So now what? Who are the targets? They signed a – Wide receiver Chris yesterday. Olave. They signed a wide receiver yesterday, but a special teamer. Well, is so, it? I mean, he burned them for the biggest play of the season two years ago with the Dolphins. All right. <laughs> There's got to be something beyond the draft, though. They're going to bring in a veteran with some good size, right? You would think so. I mean, I, we'll see. Again, I, to me, I don't know why they're signing anybody that can well, help them this year. This is totally against your plan. Of course it You is. were ready for the teardown plan, and once they once they announced the deal yesterday with Chance, the, the whole story has changed. I mean, they're – they're, they're at least trying to compete on a high level this year, and I, I agree with you. They're, you got to keep an eye on what the future looks like as well. And the other part of this is it's been pretty clear. Um, they were not going to tolerate any more of the salary cap mess that Mayock and Gruden put them in. Like they're just like let's we'll rip off the scabs. Yeah, yeah. So Carl Nassib, they're going to take a big hit on Corey Littleton. They're going to take a big hit on. They're just figured enough's enough. We, and the, you know, we got we got to clean this up. The cap should go up next year. So to me, it's it's next year when you really start to to build those in. And, and Chandler Jones' deal wasn't it wasn't crazy. Like he, he it was a big contract. But if you look at what it's going to look like in potential, I mean, Von Miller got the same. I know it looks like more on paper, but it's the same deal. 
um, that Von Miller got, and Von Miller's 32 or 33 and has injury history. You didn't like that deal, huh? It was. It's crazy. It, it was. That was. A I was surprised deal. by it. I yeah. was surprised by it. I mean, yes, you saw some good things out of Von Miller. Well, guess what happens when you play with Aaron Donald? You have an easier time getting to the quarterback. Right. There's which, a lot of focus. Which you know what? I'm I'm a fan of uh, SJD, Sebastian Joseph Day. Sure. Who went to the Chargers? But again. He was on the Rams. He was playing with Donald. So you always got to worry about how much your, how much someone's value is boosted Corey by having a guy like that. Littleton. Great one. <laughs> how easy is it to play linebacker behind Aaron Donald? Enjoy 77-cent Bud Light bottles during Vegas Golden Knights games at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. So the Big East outdoes the Summit League here in round one in Buffalo as Providence trailed by four in the first half, came back to lead by eight at halftime, up as many as 14, and then they survived a South Dakota State rush as they got it down to one possession, but it wasn't quite enough for the Jackrabbits and their star player as they come up short. 66 to 57 is the final. South Dakota State, close, but no cigar against Providence. You heard a late, well, you saw a late foul on a three for Providence, and that pretty much sealed the game. So, you know me on these games, right? And it's kind of, I'm sure if I actually tracked it, Adam, it's counterproductive. But if I hear a bunch of experts picking an upset or picking one side in football, but especially college basketball, because I think so few people really pay attention to college basketball all year. South Dakota State was such a hot pick, and I'd heard it all week. And this morning I'm watching, and Jay Billis was on Get Up, and he named South Dakota State, and I'm like, I'm out. I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I I, I know that there's a very famous professional better annoyed with me this morning because they had uh, South Dakota State, and I was watching games with them, and I had – Providence, like, what, why Providence? I was like, uh, every single person who's never watched college basketball in their life told me that that was the upset that was going to happen. And Providence as a force, listen, I love South Dakota State. I, I love their game. I love what their offense does. Um, the way that they not only shoot the three, but generate the three-point open looks is, is tremendous. But all these people who've never watched a college basketball game were like, yeah, that's the one that's going to happen to the point where, and I know the line wasn't big anyway, but there was the line was down to one and a half, a four over a thirteen, one and a half. And I get like those some of those you know seedings are out of whack, and you see some lower seeds favored and all that. But that was silly, and to me, I was going to take that shot no matter what. That was my biggest bet of the day by far, and uh, I'll take it. Um, the public, the, the, end, the public dog is scary, and it the did get public close. dog. It, it did get close at the end. Always the public. If there's a dog, like. Sometimes the public gets on a team and, you know, they're a favorite. And that, like, 90% of the time, if the entire public's on a team, it's a favorite. If they're all over a dog, I'm playing the other side and I don't care. Flip side, I heard nothing about Richmond. 12 over 5. I know there's, I'm sure there's people talking about Richmond. I know you are. But, I, you know, Iowa was a, a hot sleeper pick out sure. of a five hole to make, you know, a real run because oh. they just won the Big Ten title. I didn't, I, I thought Richmond would stay close. I thought it was going to be a very close game. But um, I thought Iowa would definitely win. I just thought they had too much firepower in Richmond. I thought it was going to be worn out from um, the crazy run they went on the end of the year to even make it with all those seniors that all came back just for this, to experience this. And turns out they weren't done. And 
Iowa, I mean, listen, they got completely and totally screwed, and that was not – it's tough to say. Like, Richmond won. You don't want to take it away from them. It's, it's disgusting, absolutely disgusting that that happened. And I, I don't care if you're a Richmond fan. I don't care if you bet them. Um, I'm not an I – hate, I hate McCaffrey, and you know how much I hate him. I despise him. But that is disgusting that that happened. And I say this all the time that you as fans and betters especially and everybody that watches games should be just as mad when calls go your way as when they go against you. And, and, and I'm telling you, that's, what, that's me right now. That helped me? I don't care. That's disgusting that that happened to those kids where there's a clear foul on a three when they're down three. They don't call it. And that doesn't decide the game. It had to get to that point. But that took away Iowa's chance to win the game. And that's just wrong. North Carolina, 93-59 on Marquette, 8-9 game. Two minutes left. It looks like is going to fall short. I don't know. It's not, not done yet. I don't know. 27.5 point spread pregame. Four-point game with about 15 minutes left. It's 93-67. Oh, cover. Seven. The cover for Georgia State. 93-69, 93-70 as I uh, follow the counter. 93-70. Gonzaga's up 45.6 seconds left. Uh, back to the Raiders for a second here. We're going to check in with Brad Powers, see how he's done so far early in the day, what he's got planned for later in the day, one of our top college sports handicappers. So, Rakia sent in in the deal, sending uh, Unique Ngakwe out of town. They signed another cornerback who I think is interesting. I saw your guy Vinny said, good addition to the room. Josh Dubow sent out PFF note that he was like 61st out of 69 cornerbacks. But Adam Candy pointed out yesterday that, I mean, he, he was forced from number three cornerback to number one because of all the injuries with the Ravens. So sure. what do you think? Well, I, I don't think those are, I don't think those are differing thoughts, right? I mean, good depth addition, good locker room guy, and not having a great season, they're not opposite thoughts they can both be true um i i don't mind having a you know a good player who put it who had a lot of uh experience out on the field and was forced into action who came from a system that i think is um is a is one that teaches really well uh to have a well-schooled player who's a good locker room guy i think is a good thing no matter no matter how you want to look at it so uh i think i think they'll be happy with that and you know I, i i think some of the pieces they're putting together aren't blowing anybody away necessarily, but they're rebuilding the defense. They want to build it. Uh, they want a different style uh, than what they played before, and it's clear with the guys that they're bringing in that that's, that's how they're building things here, and Gonzaga will win by 21, by the way. 21-point uh, win. They don't get the cover. They do get the win with that 21-run nothing in the second half. 21-nothing run in the second half is the exact difference. 21-point win for Gonzaga, the one seed. But, yeah, I think the Raiders are – they're not – you know the splashy move was Chandler Jones, obviously the trade as well, um, but they're not making big splashy moves. I think they're they're reserving some of that cap space. I think they're building for next year uh, to really you know make their move next year, next season. We'll see what they end up doing. It's not over yet. I mean there is still those weird kind of thrown out rumors of is Car still on the market they, until they do a deal, until they make an extension. Those rumors are going to be out there, and there's still going to be some movement in the quarterback market. So we'll see how that plays out. Sign up for an A-Play card and unlock some great food specials at the Sterling Spoon Cafe at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. 
It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Brad Powers. Silver Sevens on a Thursday. Some finals in North Carolina. Big winner. They closed things out 95-63. And by the way, I had the, I had the, uh, the betting line wrong. I kept giving the uh, opening line. It got, all, it got bet all the way down from 27.5 with Gonzaga over Georgia State to 22.5, and the game landed on 23. 21. The two right, free throws. You're right, it was 21. Uh, Georgia State hit a three and then a stop and then hit two free throws to get it to 21. So they hit the cover and uh, saw some video from around town of some sports books going nuts on the uh, on the end there. Because Gonzaga had some guys in the game who were walk-ons who had never scored really, and they wanted to get them points, so they were actually trying to the end to score. It's crazy, man. That's why even the 116 games, they're of interest. The, the line is the equalizer. Brad Powers is in. I know he's all over college basketball for the next couple of weeks. Brad, how you doing, buddy? Hey, doing well. How are you? Uh, good. Did you have Gonzaga or Georgia State? I had Georgia State. And uh, oh Evan Johnson is the kid's name for Georgia State. He hit the three. He made his free throws. He got the cover. He did what uh, Georgia State should have done, which is, you know, which is cover that game, <laughs> especially when it was a four-point game with ten minutes left. Yeah, that, that would be a bad beat. Adam, do you want to lay out your whole uh, betting philosophy for the Baylor game and how you feel like you got burned? Um, Baylor and North. Oh State. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't. I don't know if you had Baylor or if you went against them, Brad. But I. I just assumed down the stretch, Baylor would play nobody, uh, and try to stay healthy since they only had six guys. And then I look up, and there's you know a 23 point game with like six minutes left, and I see starters scoring. Yeah, I had a similar handicapping philosophy to that one. I mean, I didn't bet Norfolk State big. It wasn't one of my top plays of the day, but I certainly leaned that way because of exactly what you said. I mean, Baylor's been banged up all season. I figured if there was any team uh, as far as the one or two seed that would not be wanting to play starters significant minutes, it would be Baylor. So uh, that wasn't the case. And even when they put in the backups, I mean, they were – <laughs> they were trying yeah. to score. Yeah. Uh, I also bet the under, and let, let's just put it that way. I was <laughs> I was not happy with what was going on there in the final second. That's uh, it's wild. So how how has the rest of the morning gone for you? What have, what has stood out to you? Anything we can take from this morning that we can carry into Saturday? You know it's tough, but I mean, look, I mean the favorites are doing well. Uh, I mean not only I mean seven and one straight up, seven and one against the spread. That continues what we saw in the first four. I mean ten and two start for the favorites. I mean, if you're paying attention to the screen, some of these favorites are starting to take money uh, on the board right now. I would say the Mountain West, fading the Mountain West. We saw a little bit of money trickle in on Creighton. That kind of makes sense considering how poor the, the Mountain West has done. At least the first three teams are already out for them. So, I mean, that would be two. But, I look, it, folks, it's just eight games. So, yeah, I would say not a big enough sample size yet uh, for, for, for anyone to take too many, uh, they, you know, take too much from it. Uh, got a lot of games to get into here. A lot of games to talk about, but are I don't I could be missing. Are you in a real Twitter war? Or is this a joke? What's going on? Oh yeah, we're we're just having fun. Okay, I was like, this is slaughter and freaking <laughs> it's Iron, Iron Sheik. What's going on with you and Fezzik? Are you your buddies? And uh, I mean, I don't know what you were calling him, old man Fezzik, a couple minutes ago. What the hell's happening here? Yeah, I mean, we've referred to a lot of wrestling stuff, so, sure, I mean, sure. obviously there's some kayfabe going on there. 
Okay. Are you guys actually making some side wagers? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're in communication. So anytime we can't get a hold of the other person, then we immediately go to Twitter and just badmouth them. So, I mean, that's just pretty much where we're at. So. Old man, old man <laughs> physic taking a nap. Yeah, we're, we're on different sleep schedules. Yeah. So uh, we're just making, you know, poking the bear a little bit. Very nice. Um, are you surprised by the Mountain West and how this has unfolded here? They were, you know, close favorites or dogs in the first three games, and they wound up, uh, I think, tiring in different parts. I, I thought Boise came out not looking fresh to start against Memphis. I thought CSU faded second half. I thought Wyoming faded second half. You know, I asked me after the San Diego State game because I'm not surprised by any three of those results. In fact, I mean, I bet against them all in all three of those games. Nothing significantly big outside of the Michigan game, but um, I did bet on San Diego State. I think it's a bad matchup for Creighton. If Creighton hand beats, you know, it's, it's going to be tough to get margin against San Diego State's defense, but say Creighton wins by six or more, and I lose that bet, and it's one of my favorite bets around one, that then I can safely say that the Mountain West clearly underperformed this tournament. Adam, do you want to throw your philosophy on the stuff that we shouldn't be judging a conference by one-offs? Yeah, I mean every game is every game is different, and you know I don't I didn't judge the Big Ten last year as being bad because they struggled in the tournament. Uh, they were good all season. I looked at what they did all season long, and they had a bad tournament. Doesn't mean they're a bad conference. Now the Mountain West is getting year after year after year of evidence, but I still don't look at it that way. I, I just think they've had matchups that they haven't won, and I think you base it on a season, not one weekend. Totally agree with that. Uh, sample size too small, but I can't tell you. I mean, I hate to do this. I'm told not to, but I will say the eye test says that, athletically speaking, uh, the Mountain West teams leave a little bit to be desired when you're watching some of these games that you know should be competitive. The point spread says they should be competitive, and yet, uh, you know, athletically, it doesn't look like uh, the, the Mountain West uh, should be only catching two or three points in some of these games. Yeah, I think you saw that in the Michigan-Colorado State game. Anytime. Uh players can't finish near the rim i, I think there's either uh, a little reluctance to go in there because they might get blocked or you know it could come down to a, a lack of athleticism although i think isaiah stevens and david roddy have plenty of athleticism let's talk about uh fatigue and you know rest and travel and all that stuff with a with some of the teams coming out of the uh, playing games uh indiana and st mary's what do you think of indiana in that wyoming game uh, i mean i was you got to be impressed. I mean, they won, they covered, and they got just got done playing three games in three days. You know, on short rest, relatively speaking, as far as uh, you know, in, in the Big Ten tournament, they're playing their best basketball season. But that being said, I'm going to take St. Mary's tonight. But uh, I guess the concern I have on St. Mary's is, is kind of that rest first rust. I mean, they haven't played since March eighth. Meanwhile, this is Indiana's fifth game <laughs> since that point. So. Uh, that'll be interesting for me. I, I, it also, to, to me, tells you why there's been some money on the under. I mean, St. Mary's might be slow out of the gate. Indiana's not going to want to run at this point. So uh, under might also be a good look there. Notre Dame coming off a double overtime game against Rutgers. I may have watched all of that. Um, 152. Now having to travel kind of cross-country to San Diego to take on Bama tomorrow. 152 the total. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm fading Notre Dame. I mean, it, look, they, they not only played the later of the two games as far as the first four, they went to the time, 
They're playing an er- relatively early game. I mean, it's a one fifteen start time, West Coast time in San Diego. On probably Notre Dame's number three, eighteen in the country as far as bench minutes. They're not a deep team. They're playing an Alabama team that's going to want to run. Uh, I'm not sure Notre Dame's going to run at all. So, I mean, I like the under, and I like Alabama. Two of my biggest bets going tomorrow. And I'm, I'm a little surprised the market hasn't moved too much today. San Fran and uh, Murray, and uh, if it's official that Masalski's out the big guy for San Francisco, I, I don't know. I think I'm leaning towards uh, Murray State. I certainly am. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm a little shocked that the, the books opens. You know, San Fran uh, a favorite in that one. We saw a lot of money coming on Murray State within the first 24 hours. I mean, they flipped the, the favorite, and then we see more money after the, you know, obviously the injury to, to, for, for the Dons there. I'm leaning Murray. I don't like to chase points at this point, but that, that's the only way to go there, in my opinion. So would you tell me don't bet it now because I missed a good number? Yeah, I would. I mean, me, me the better would, uh, but I know people want action on every single game this time of year because we're coming down to it, and it's just you know fun. So I would say pizza money, sure, take Murray State. Professional money, yeah. uh, I'll just say the professional money was on Murray State three days ago. Well, let's make it clear. We've done spots for years and years and years. You know my money is pizza money. <laughs> okay. You don't have well, to specify. I didn't know if your situation changed. I haven't seen you lately, well, so I, my, I don't know. My situation hasn't changed. I'm just super cheap. If my situation changed and I had lots of money, I would still not uh, bet a whole lot because I don't like to lose <laughs> money. I don't trust my I don't trust my betting shops. Um, latest games of the day today. Will you get involved in another one game as uh, Kansas is taking on a play-in winner? in Texas Southern? I lean Texas Southern. I, I think Texas Southern, you know, a lot of times with these 116 matchups, you know, the 16 seeds kind of in awe of the one seed. Texas Southern non-conference strength of schedule was top 10 in the country. They play a bunch of legit teams. Heck, they even beat Florida outright. So, And I get a Kansas better than Florida, but they're a very deep team. They're a very experienced team. They played in the tournament last year. I'm going to lean Texas Southern. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Kansas, even though Kansas has a dream draw now with the Iowa out uh, of that Akron plus 13.5 against UCLA. You know, I already bet Akron. The line's moved a couple of points. I just got two slow-tempo teams. It's going to be tough for UCLA to get margin. And the worry that I have, it's a really late start time for Akron, so maybe their body clock in the second half might get the best of them. But, but I certainly lean with the zips, especially first half. Brad, what else is going on for you in terms of, uh, aside from the uh, the Twitter account, you got uh, Brad Powers 7 up on Twitter, bradpowersports.com. Are you uh, you getting involved in some Twitter spaces? Yeah, I am. So, I mean, that's also, you know, the reason why, you know, we're pumping a little bit of, uh, doing a little bit of promotional to you there, just to, to do some Twitter spaces, having some fun. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, batting college basketball. Spring games are coming up soon. Uh, I mean, life is good. Uh, I didn't know if you knew that, but, I mean, it, uh, if you read too much Twitter, maybe it's not so good. But, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, have some fun here. How many stops on the uh, college football stadium tour? Great question. What are you I, I'm locked in for at least 25. I'm what? excited for 28, but I think I could do 25 no problem by starting in July. 25 new stadiums? 25 new stadiums. Wow. Yeah. So I'm going to. I'm going to take 10 across the country, cut up 65, you know, Alabama and stuff like that, and then uh, get, get around, you know, my neck of the woods where I grew up uh, in the Ohio area. 
could you take Fezzik with you for at least part of it and kind of produce like planes, trains, and automobiles too? Because I think that's what it would be. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could survive. I could do three, four hours with them. I'm used right. to that. I, I'm, yeah, but anything more than that, uh, I, I, he's going to have to find his way. I got you. I, I got you. I just saw Louisville, by the way. Awesome. That's an awesome spot. You got to check that one out. Louisville, yeah, Louisville's on the way. That that is uh, one of the stops I'm going to make. All right, Brad, we appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Good luck with your bets, guys. Thanks, man. Brad Power Seven up on Twitter, BradPowerSports.com. Professional better puts his bets out. Football season will show you his uh, most of his tickets throughout the season, and he's like, "What are we talking?" Um, first college football games of the year come out in July or come out as early as June? I can't remember. But he is like he is at those books that freaking day, and I, I didn't he tell us last year he had like I thought he had like two hundred fifty plus bet not maybe not that many he had a lot of bets in the preseason like dozens and dozens and dozens of bets like he is into college football and he he, he wants line value on games of the year and win totals. And by the way, Amir Abdullah to the Raiders they are just loading up on third down backs. Okay, <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah, Brandon Bolden. Brandon Bolden. Uh, thanks to Silver Sevens. Come on down here. 77 cent beers. Bud Light, Bud, Mick Ultra at both of the bars all through all of the March Madness games. You know they already had that special for the VGK games as well. VGK tonight at the Fortress. Got to get going in the right direction against the Panthers. Something's got to go right for him here. Something. Thanks to Dangerous Danny. Ari back in the studio. Tomorrow... We're part of a whole crew that will be watching the games. Early show 1-4, to Superbook at the Westgate.